Hi, this is Brent Barber, the founding director of the Bicycle Film Festival, and this is Resonance FM. Ride on until the break of dawn, because you don't stop. Uh -uh. This is Resonance 104.4 FM. My name's Jack Thurston, and welcome to another edition of The Bike Show. Joining me in the studio is a familiar voice to long-time bike show listeners, the great Barry Mason, a great advocate of cycling in London. Welcome to the show, Barry. Welcome back. <laughs> Thanks, Jack, and like the great. How are you doing? I'm very well. It's a lovely, lovely to be here on such a nice, light evening. Did you have a good ride in today? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah I came by Peckham. I had a meeting in Peckham just before this. Because I, I thought there was a bit. I thought it was all a bit hectic out on the streets today. I, I mean, just the short hop from Clerkenwell to the Resonance Studios. I thought it was all a bit manic, and and I've been taken to um, in the last few days. Been wearing a beret, riding around town. Kind of. It, my intention was to sort of do the kind of Black Panther sort symbol. of look. No, it was more like the you know kind of bit more aggressive, bit more sort of um, you know here here we are. I'm not, not going to be moved, but I ended up looking like a rather than looking. Like um, Samuel L. Jackson, I look like a, a kind of comedy French onion seller. I think there are loads of tourists around Oxford Street, the Strand, Trafalgar Square. The tourists have suddenly hit. Yeah, There's maybe lots of them. Walk, to, walking everywhere. Maybe, walking it everywhere. maybe it was something to do with the, the uh, uh, blue and white stripy jersey I was wearing with the beret. I'll have to su su supplement that with a, uh, a black leather jacket to look hard next week. And a week. wicker basket. <laughs> a wicker basket. Anyway, well, Barry has come on the show. To, um, to be an advocate for cycling and to help all of us um, be better advocates for cycling in terms of dealing with all the kind of daft questions that get um, put and accusations that get put to cyclists. Um, I've been roped into appearing a couple of times in the last few months on BBC London 
a little bit of a moon moonlighting job on the Wednesday evenings on the Simon Lederman um, phone-in show, and I kind of go in there and talk about cycling. And um, you get the people calling in saying, you know, I can't drive my BMW around London because of all you cyclists. You don't pay your road tax. You ought to be insured. You ought to be licensed. Anyway, I deal with those questions in a way that is vastly inferior to the way that Barry would deal with those questions. So he's going to give me a bit of a tutorial. But before that, Saturday was April Fool's Day. And to mark April Fool's Day, there was a, a very foolish event going on, or at least a foolish event beginning <laughs> Right outside Buckingham Palace, um, a couple of guys, Ed and Will Stevens, have got these tall bikes, um, great high bikes that they look like they're about the height of a, you know, a man riding on a horse. Lots of bikes bolted together and welded together. And they're off cycling all the way round um, the country. They're setting off from the south bank of the Thames and returning to the north bank of the Thames without actually crossing the river and keeping to the coast roads all the way, about four and a half thousand miles, he told me. Anyway, um, I went down there with a microphone and um, asked uh, Ed, uh, one of the, uh, the brothers, Stevens, what it was all about. And I started off by asking what exactly a tall bike was. They're basically like double-decker bikes. You've got um, one frame welded on top of the other and a lengthened um, wheelbase to give it more stability. We've got pannier racks. We've got everything that we need on the bikes, like um, tent, cooking stove, sleeping bags, plenty of clothes. Before um, we get on to the technical side of things and all your gear, why? Why? That's a good question. Uh, the project was born in, uh, at the end of last year when my brother got back from um, Canada. He'd been working as a cycle courier in Montreal and, he, and we decided we've both been doing different things, uh, living abroad and doing different things. We haven't seen much of each other um, as, uh, over the past few years, so we decided we definitely wanted to do a trip together. Originally, we were going to do, uh, I was quite keen to do a walking trip because uh, we're both keen walkers, but he said it had to be on bikes. Um, and we thought, why not cycle around Europe or cycle, do a long distance cycle ride around Europe somewhere? And we thought, hang on, there's so much to see in Britain, we, there's so much we haven't seen in Britain, why don't we do a cycle ride around Britain? And he'd seen tall bikes being ridden in New York, um, the um, um, black label bike. they use for, yeah, the black label, they have sort of tall bike jousting, don't they? Exactly, yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it's, it's a real kind of. Uh, a uh, big thing in the uh, in the US and North America. Obviously, the, 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 there are factions of it in in Europe, mainly um, Britain and Holland. Um, tall bike building, just 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 for sort of bike shows and for playing around on people use them. But so no you thought one... it would thought you thought it would make you stand out from the uh, the crowd of other people cycling around Britain. There's well, not many people cycling around Britain, and there's certainly no one cycling around Britain on a tall bike. That's true. I mean, the main the, the main reasons that we chose to do it on on tall bikes is. Um, it's, it's a big, it's a, we, you know, we wanted to set ourselves a challenge and obviously going around Britain is a challenge in itself. Tool, making tour bikes is making it an even, doing it on tour bikes is making it an even bigger challenge. But it's raising bike awareness because people, it turns heads wherever we go. I mean, people just, just can't believe it. They have to look twice, you know, we get um, cars stopping and hooting and people calling out, people asking us about the bikes and um, also um, we're doing it for charity so that's a really good way well let's go and have a look at this uh, bike of yours I mean it essentially looks like two frames welded together with lots of other bits of joining tubes and stuff like that I mean who actually built it Cycle Magic Workshop in Leicester actually built the bikes for us they're uh, a workshop that specialise in building um, um, bikes for disabled people like hand cycles and um, all kinds of different um, 
unusual bikes. They built trikes and rickshaws. And so basically, we, um, they, 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 they took on our project and built the bikes in, in a record time. And have, as you can see, have, have, have done a really and nice so these job. Are, are these um, um, old bikes or recycled into the tool bike, or as you start off with new stuff? Yeah, I mean, the tradition of, of, of building tool bikes is to use old parts. All freak bikes really are built out of you know, old bikes and um, reusing old bike parts. So these are actually, um, the main structure of the bike is two old um, steel mountain bike frames um, with some extra, an extra BMX reef, rear fork and an extra seat post um, so that you can have the pedals lower down, which makes it easier to get on and off. And what's the ride like? Uh, the ride is... Because your saddle is about five, five foot off the ground that's right yeah and our head's about seven and a half eight feet off the ground so um it rides exactly like a normal bike really stability is the same um the, the only real difference is um getting on and off takes quite a lot of practice you can't get on and off the bike when, when it's stationary you can't put your foot down you can't put your foot down you have to to get on and off you have to scoot you have to be moving forward you have to put one leg on scoot forward and, and step over the saddle and obviously when we stop at traffic lights or roundabouts you have to we have to find um, a bollard or a Something to hang on to. Lamp post, something to <laughs> lean against, yeah. And so how many miles are you going to be hoping to do a day? I mean, what, and what's your total mileage? Total mileage is 4,500 miles, more or less. And You're following the coast? Following the coast road as faithfully as possible, yeah. Um, now, uh, we're, average, we're going to hope to average 30 to 40 miles a day. That's, not, that's, quite, that's quite a generous average. I mean, most days we hope to do more than that, but that's allowing for... Um, rest days or if we have really bad weather obviously it's no fun cycling in, in, in the pouring rain and, all day long. So. And are people welcome to come along and join you? Very much so yeah um, we've, we've said on, we've put on our website and told you know everyone we know basically um, feel free to come along and join us on the ride it would be a pleasure I mean that's so you, we can way. follow your progress on the website and then if you're coming past you know somewhere where, where, where somebody is who can go and join you for a day or something. Yeah, certainly, yeah. I mean, if they, I mean, um, there's an online diary on the website so you can find out where we are, what we've been up to, how far, how far we've got, and there's contact details on there so people can get in touch and give us a ring and find out where we are. Um, and it's really as easy as that. I mean, people are welcome to come along and join us. And there's a whole crowd of people gathered here, got a few freak bikes, a few normal bikes, yeah, um, and you're going to head out to... Where, where are you headed today? Um, we're heading out eastwards towards Kent. I mean, uh, we'll hopefully get as far as sort of Gravesend way, but um, we'll see how long it, it takes and how many people, how, how far people accompany us to. Now we're going to follow the south, we're going over Westminster Bridge and follow the South Bank out to um, Greenwich. All right, well, best of luck. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thank you. Well, that was uh, Ed Stevens, one of the uh, duo of brothers who are comprising the tall bike tour of Britain um, and you can follow their progress and go along and join them for a day. They said that they're welcome, uh, welcoming anybody who wants to come along and ride alongside and, and as they headed out um, down through uh, Parliament Square and across the river it was kind of like one of those things you see in the channel with the, the, the great big boat and then the sort of flotilla of small, the small ships flotilla <laughs> following these, these sort of great, they, they kind of had their sort of horse-like grace about them as they as they rolled along forwards with a, they've got these, they've got these kind of grey uniforms and then a, a, a sort of bright pink helmet. It's definitely trying to evoke something of the kind of crazy Victorian ideal of, of cycling. I mean, well, Barry, you're uh, one of the major forces behind the Dunwich Dynamo ride oh, every year. Oh, oh. And, and so no shortage of uh, kind of 
sort of madcap dreaming um, in in your cycling day to day? Is there? Oh well, Danish Dynamo is all up and ready. It's um, it's online now. It's Celtic Cyclists. People are buying tickets already. It's well, the, the coach back. It's a turn up and go ride. It's fantastic. 120 miles overnight to the Danish coast. It's the big one. It's what I'm looking forward to most. Um, almost every summer now. And have you ever ridden a freak bike? No, sadly. Uh, year before last, um, I smashed my rear derailleur, so I cycled most of it in one gear, which wasn't funny, but it wasn't a fixed gear. So I could freewheel. That's the nearest I've got, and I wouldn't want to do that again. Um, well, if you want to follow um, the boys on their tall bike tour, the website is www.tallbiketourbritain.com and there'll be a link to that from the bike show's own um, website, which is www.bikeshow.blogspot.com. Anyway, now, Barry, it's time. Demolition Man is here. Oh, my God. You're going to demo- start demolishing oh those arguments <laughs> that, are, that, are, that are so often thrown I, in the face of cyclists. I can have a go. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got a list of them here. We're going to run through them and see how many we can get through in the okay. time that's all left right, in the show. Right, right. First of all, you cyclists, you don't pay any road tax. You don't have any right to be on the roads. Get out of my way. Well, no one pays road tax. That, that's got, that got abolished years ago, and it was Winston Churchill that abolished it, and he said he abolished it because... As far as he was concerned, it was giving car drivers the right to own the road, so they thought. So he just got rid of it. Um, There's a thing called vehicle exercise duty now that all motor vehicles must pay. Cyclists don't. Um, But cyclists pay lots of other taxes. And vehicle exercise duty nowhere near pays for the cost of building and maintaining the roads in this country. Um, So all of the taxes that we pay, we all pay VAT. Most of us that are working pay income tax. There's lots of other taxes that we pay when we buy a pint or buy some cigarettes or whatever. I thought gambling tax came into it until recently, but that's got abolished. But we all pay taxes that get put into a big pot and pay for the roads. Um, And all those motor vehicles don't pay a penny for for the pollution that they cause for the asthma that they cause, for the deaths that they cause, etc., etc. So we all pay tax if we and 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 there is no tax besides the BBC licence fee, which is actually hypothecated to pay for a certain bit of government expenditure. It all essentially goes into a big pot and then is is spent... you know, according to how the government That's wants to. That's absolutely right. Every now and then you get a pacifist saying, I don't want to pay taxes towards Ministry of Defence and wars, etc., etc. And the government always has to say, sorry, but you've got to pay taxes because there isn't a little bit of tax that pays for defence. It all goes into one huge pot and gets doled out to roads, hospitals, cars. Def- oh, and, and anyway, many cyclists actually have cars and pay vehicle excise duty as well. Well, this is the killer argument. Um, I don't own a car, but... If you look around, and a lot of London cyclists don't own a car because you, you don't need cars in London, but over the whole country, I think more than 60 or 70% of cyclists actually own cars. And God forbid some of them own more than one car. So all of them not only ride their bikes, but they also pay vehicle exercise duty as well. All right, next. You cyclists, you're always riding on the pavements and just going through red lights. You're a danger to us all. It is dangerous, yeah, and I wish people wouldn't do it. It annoys me a lot. Um, it's illegal. Um, more and more cyclists, I think, are realising that people who cycle through red lights are really just pissing off car drivers particularly and other people. Um, I jump red lights every now and then at two in the morning there's no one around. I cycle on pavement sometimes when it's quite safe. I cycle on the pavement on the way here tonight, that little bit by the Zimbabwe embassy in the Strand, there's that little nip through and then you come out onto St Martin's Lane, it's really helpful. There should be a bike lane there. Um, but, but, but if you're going to cycle on pavements, please do it carefully, don't do it recklessly and stop jumping red lights because it really 
I spend a lot of my time answering emails from my rate people saying all you cyclists do is jump red lights. I've stopped jumping red lights um, almost for, as a political thing. Um, I'm going to behave myself in future with red lights and I'll just leave my jumping until 2am in the morning when there's no one around and it's dead safe. Well, I mean, there is a there is a big thing on the red lights and I don't want to get drawn into this too much. I think it's a red herring, I have to say. It's not mm, a red light yeah. issue, it's a red herring. They, they, people who want to have a go at cyclists have a go at cyclists because of red lights. I mean, in the longer term, I would advocate... A move to a red light is or many red lights are simply give way signs proceed with care for, for for cyclists and kind of getting irate about cyclists you know slowly going through a red light or walking through a red light is um pushing their bike along it's kind of like getting annoyed about pedestrians you know not crossing at zebra crossings which is something that we don't get annoyed about in this country i mean in switzerland it's illegal to jaywalk but you know who wants to live in switzerland not me too many hills. Um, too cold in winter. <laughs> too cold in winter. Lovely lakes. Uh, well, I think there were far too many traffic lights. I mean, you know, if you got rid of all the traffic lights in London, I think bicycles, for example, would flow a lot more smoothly and be much more interesting. I mean, and there's also an issue of, you know, who is at risk from bicyclists going through red lights. I've had a look at the Transport for London um, statistics, and it's much more often that a cyclist is injured or killed, um, heaven forbid, by a motorist running a red light. And there was an RAC survey out um, last year which said that I think 25% or, or was it no, half of uh, drivers admit speeding and 25% of drivers admit that they run red lights now and again. Cyclists jumping red lights hardly ever hurt anybody. Um, someone will probably tell me that they kill one or two people a year in this country, which is nothing, zero. Um, it's almost a non-figure. The, the whole, all of these arguments about cyclists jump red lights, therefore cars can um, a, a style and get you nowhere. Cars jumping red lights kill people. Bicycles jumping red lights don't. Yeah, I mean, the, the number of pedestrians killed um, on the last year on, on the, while walking on the footpath by... Uh, motor vehicles, which is this is a figure for 2003, was 3,453. That's the number of pedestrians killed on the pavements. Um, the number of pedestrians, uh, sorry, killed or injured on the pavements, three and a half thousand. The number of pedestrians killed or injured on the pavements by a collision with a cyclist in 2003 was 72. So you got three and a half thousand plays, 72. I'm yeah. surprised it was as high as 72. You've got enormous. Um, amounts of uh, coverage of this in the newspaper. I was looking yeah. through some of the House of Lords debates and this seems to be one of the issues that sort of wakes their lordship from their kind of gin-soaked slumber um, <laughs> or after a particularly heavy lunch that they'll suddenly get irate and, and, and start talking about cyclists. Um, all right, next one. Cyclists should have to pass a test and they should have to apply for a licence to ride their bikes. No, all that will do is put off more and more people. Um, more, there's more and more reasons why people think they shouldn't cycle, and that just gives people another excuse. I can't see any point at all in cyclists, most cyclists taking tests, or certainly not cyclists having licences. That's just another tax that cyclists don't need. Um, I would like to see, though, um, much more cycle training in schools. Um, so, in a way, if someone said to me, would you like an 11 plus for all cyclists, I'd say yes teach all kids to learn to swim, to ride bikes before they're 11 and don't let them go on to the 12-year-old class, whatever number that is, until they pass the test at 11 or 12. I think it's a great pity um, that kids aren't being taught to ride. And I think some adults, um, we, we, in Southwark we're training a lot of adults to ride bikes. I'm starting a whole new session with a dozen women tomorrow morning who can't ride bikes and they're all in their 30s and 40s. But I don't want them to pass formal tests because they won't even come to the classes if you say there's a formal test at the end. They'll pass the tests because we'll teach them to, but I don't want a formal test at the end of it. And what about um, having some kind of greater cycling awareness part of the uh, driving test uh, so that people 
who are getting licensed to drive cars have got to have a little bit of experience of knowing what it's like to be on a bicycle and knowing how vulnerable it is and, and how uh, m- much your options on the road are reduced when you're on a bicycle because the, sp- the speed you can't keep up with, you know, um, fast moving cars. Uh, I think there's, I think there's a, there's a real case for um, bicycle riding to be part of your average driving test. I think bus drivers should learn how to ride a bike and spend a day or two riding a bike around London. I think all car drivers should learn to ride the bike and that should be part of their driving test. And how about local that makes gov- them much more aware. And how about local government cycling officers? Should they be uh, required to have some uh, experience of cycling? I've I've seen especially a lot, when they're putting down cycle I've lanes. Se- I've seen I've seen job descriptions for cycling officers that don't even specify that you should either have a bike or even know how to cycle. Most do now, fortunately, and there's a lot of good cycling officers coming through the ranks, as it were. Um, but there's still an awful lot that never touch a bike. Well, we're halfway through. Um, have a stop for a little bit of music now, and we'll be back for more uh, Demolition Man, Barry Mason. In the studio here on the bike show on Resonance FM, Barry Mason, coordinator of Southwark Cyclists. We're going through um, this week on the bike show many of the arguments that are used um, to attack and vilify um, our cyclists and our um, our kind, and we're um, showing how most of them are um, pretty phony. And the next one on the lists is cyclists don't have insurance. You ought to get insured in case of all that damage you're doing to uh, to uh, other other road users. What do you reckon? 
First of all, we're not. There's not a lot of damage being caused by cyclists. Secondly, an awful lot of cyclists do have insurance. Members of CTC, London Cycling Campaign, have free third-party insurance. And any rides that people go on, organise those bodies, have similar insurance. Um, but when it comes to having sort of compulsory insurance like car and van drivers, um, I don't see the need at all. I mean, it's like saying, you know, the logic of that is to say that pedestrians should insure themselves. You know, we should... <laughs> You know, which is is kind of absurd, and in in in, in 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 this issue, I think this particular accusation kind of highlights a lot of the thing that's at the centre of the, the debate about cycling with other road users. Is is, is 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 a bicycle more like a pedestrian or more like a car or an HGV? And in my view, you know, actually, a, a bicycle ridden well um, in the city environment and ridden considerately is actually much more like a pedestrian. You go to Amsterdam or Paris. You know, people going around, you know, nice and gently. There's no need to go zipping around really fast. We, I mean, we do have a lot of quite fiery fast cyclists in London. But in general, I think, you know, the presumption is that cyclists should be treated more or less like pedestrians are treated rather than more or less like um, than, than, you know, two-tonne cars or, or SUVs. I'd agree with that to a point. I think in London, most cyclists are more like pedestrians than motor vehicles. Um, but I wouldn't want cyclists treated too much like pedestrians because as far as I'm concerned, a bike is a vehicle just like any form of traffic. And what about rollerbladers? Are they vehicles? Oh, they're traffic, definitely. They're traffic. We are traffic. Rollerbladers. Go rollerbladers. You are traffic too. <laughs> Skateboards? But get out my way. Skateboarders, oh, they're naughty traffic. Right, no, let's, let's, not have any, uh, let's not have any inter-Nissan uh, uh, fighting here. Now, go next ten, one. Go. Um, cyclists aren't punished. We aren't brought to book when we break the law. What do you reckon about that? There's a lot of enforcement at the moment um, on cyclists on pavements and jumping red lights, particularly in the city of London, um, where there's so little crime that your average Bobby on the beat hasn't got much to do except nick cyclists for going through red lights. Um, there is enforcement. It's increasing on cyclists. And I think it's, it's rather unfair on cyclists because I see, and we're going to get into these sort of arguments, I see many more motorists and many, many more car drivers using mobile phones, parking in the wrong places, um, going over advanced stop lines, jumping red lights. And there's very little... There's very little enforcement of that. I mean, I've, I've, I've never seen a, a driver um, pulled over for, go, for sitting in an advanced stop sign. And, and I, I asked about that. And actually, the reason is, is they're advisory, like cycle lanes. Most cycle lanes are advisory. So you can park in them if you want, if there's not a, a single yellow line there. Um, and uh, it kind of makes a mockery of the whole idea of it, which is one of the reasons why I think cyclists are so kind of reticent about encouraging more cycle lanes is because the ones that we've got are pretty useless. What we need, I think, is kind of cycle boulevards. Uh, there are some streets um, where I used to live in Berkeley in California that are pretty much given over to cyclists. And, um, and, and that, that's, the, that's a kind of, you know, let's have a bicycle boulevard, not a little cycle lane that, you know, people stop and unload in and park their cars in. Oh, well, that's what we're trying to do to Bermondsey Street in Southwark. I'd love to see that happening. And we, we're, getting, we're getting now, I think, in Bermondsey Street. More boulevards, yes, please. I agree. And the last one, helmets and reflective clothing should be compulsory. Um, in addition to lights, lights are compulsory and they have to meet a certain standard of, of visibility but what about making uh, helmets and re reflective clothing compulsory as well no the whole the whole helmet argument um, has risen again this week someone emailed me this morning um uh, an article from this week's um, british medical journal i don't see it very often and that that presents some new australian research that says actually helmets make almost no difference um the people that get hurt in helmets uh, often the novice cyclists are going to get hurt anyway. Um, I don't think helmets makes any difference. Um, 
and I think the research is coming out that way. And I'm absolutely ambivalent against helmets. If people say to me, do you wear a helmet? I'll say, no, I don't believe in them. But if people want to wear helmets and they feel better, that's fine. But don't let them lull you into a sense of full security because they make very little difference in my view. Um, fluorescent jackets, if you feel better in one, fine. But not compulsory, no. What about wearing a kind of Black Panther beret like I've been trying to this week? Very smart, very smart. Um, uh, but I'm not, not coming I do, across I as do, the French I do, I do worry about stealth cyclists who are wearing complete black. The black hoodies are black ninja cyclists. No lights whatsoever at night. One came down a one-way street the wrong way heading towards me that night and nearly took me out. Um, but it's difficult he, to look around when you've got quite a hoodie on, isn't it? He, didn't, I, he was on something I didn't understand. He was just tearing around like a crazy man. Um, and that really irritated me. But no, no, no. Use lights, but you don't have to wear the yellow stuff. And uh, we've got less than a minute left. I mean, what can cyclists do to better get their opinions across? How can we get in the letters pages? How can we stop this kind of avalanche of um, negative comment in the Standard and the Daily Mail and, and other newspapers and radio stations? Um, join your local borough group. Join the London Cycling Campaign. Get involved with a group like um, Southwark Cyclists or Lewisham Cyclists or Greenwich Cyclists or Camden Cyclists or Lambeth Cyclists. There's loads of really good groups doing lots of good grass, grassroots out there. And it's the grassroots for things start to happen. And that's what's building. And that's the way you'll counter these silly arguments from vested interests who want everyone to buy huge expensive cars to go around in. And, and actually they're trying to get rid of bikes because there's not enough money in bikes. Well, Barry, it's been too short as ever. You have yes, to come back in very soon for, to, for, for a Dunwich Dynamo preview. This has been The Bike Show. My name's Jack Thurston. We'll be back next week, Monday at 6.30. And next up is The Clear Spot. You're listening to Resonance 104.4 FM. Brought to you by the London Musicians Collective.